Welcome to America Uncanceled. I'm Mercedes Schlapp. There is a new war on our students. This time, more than a dozen Northern Virginia schools withheld merit awards from students in the name of equity. Governor Glenn Youngkin is outraged, and the Attorney General Jason Miatis is taking swift action. And last week, we marched for life as we came together to celebrate the overturning of Roe v. Wade. But the battle continues in the states. Let's break this all down with a dear friend of CPAC and CEO of Concerned Women for America, Penny Nance. Penny, thank you for joining me. Well, it's my honor. It's always fun to be here with you, Mercy, and with Matt. Yeah, well, I'm glad we have our girl time together, Penny, uh, yes. because there's so much to talk about. And this really caught my attention here with the Attorney General of Virginia, Jason Miatis, basically saying that he's going to investigate uh, these more than a dozen schools uh, that withheld these merit awards mm -hmm. during uh, in, in the name of equity. Just think about that. In the name of equity, there were many of these students who were not aware that they were national merit uh, winners. And the mere fact is, is that I think it's just absolutely shameful that they mm. would do this to so many students. Your, your initial thoughts here. Well, first off, I, I got to say, I think, and actually I'm a resident of the Commonwealth of Virginia, and I think we've got the best AG in any state, or Absolutely. certainly one of the top ones. Uh, I put him up there with uh, Pam Bondi for sure. Uh, and he is on it on so many levels, so many things. And so just to you know, explain to people, and most people probably understand this, you have very informed viewers, but there's a difference between equality and equity. Equal, um, equality is equal opportunity. Equity is equal outcomes. It's right. socialist. It's Marxist ideology. And you have these wackos running our school system, sitting on the board of Fairfax school system and Loudoun County school system. These are ideology, ideology warriors, whether it's gender ideology, CRT, the whole thing. And so we've known about this. It was one of the things that propelled Glenn, Governor Glenn Youngkin to victory in a very purple state. Parents have had enough. And this is just the latest in, in, a, in a list of things that have occurred. And you know, and you have kids, Mercy, I have kids. They don't get these merit, you know, uh, opportunities and, and um, they, they don't get these awards just because they're nice, right? They've worked really hard their entire educational career. These are the kids that gave up extracurriculars, that gave up fun times on the weekend with their friends right. to study. They, gave up a lot in order to really pour into their academics. These are kids that worked very hard. And for people in charge to make the decision withhold this information that could literally have the difference, make the difference between them getting accepted to the school of their choice or not is outrageous. And the question is what was behind it? I mean, it really is um, injurious. I mean, perhaps right. there is civil a civil suit and civil suits to follow. And I, if those parents, I wouldn't blame them at all, at all if they wanted to do that. So the the Fairfax County school system and Loudoun school system are a disaster. Add to that the gender ideology that's happening. The fact that they have um, young boys can go to the girls' locker room and bathroom still. You have sort of the whole... Um, 
transgender issue going on. And we've had, and I don't know how it happened or exactly all the story behind it, but it broke this week or just a couple of days ago that was, there was another sexual assault, this time at a middle school, Frost Middle School in Fairfax County. I have no doubt that Attorney General Miares will get to the bottom of it. And there has to be changes that happen. But it starts at the top. The Department of Education has been, you know, you know, disseminating this woke ideology now for decades. These young teachers and, and leaders in the school system have come up through academia and they have embraced this woke ideology. And we're seeing how it is destructive and, and hurting our children to, in some cases, you know, actually resulting in sexual assault. So, you know, let me ask you this, because we saw that, for example, the Fairfax schools, they said that the superintendent of Fairfax schools, who had explicitly stated that her top objective is equal outcomes for all students, mm -hmm. regardless of the price. Just think about that. I mean, Penny, $450,000 to a, quote, equity. Think about this equity consultant for less than nine months of work. And this is what we're getting out of this. I mean, how, there may be more end? because um, there's been more than one of these. And on top of paying them crazy amounts of money, they're buying their books and disseminating this nutty ideology to our kids. And so there has to be a complete investigation and there has to be real accountability for what has happened. You know, you think about I have good friends that are teachers. And right. there are some great teachers out there. There were some teachers, I think, that during COVID shirked their responsibility and enjoyed the fact that they didn't have to go to work and, you know, made money on the side. But there were a lot of teachers who were very upset about what was happening and very upset that what was happening to the students and were willing to work under any circumstances. And I think about how, you know, it's always an issue of teacher pay. How must they feel when they know the money is being wasted you know, on this kind of just, you know, nonsense. And so I just really think we have got to get our party straight. And one of the things that Concerned Women for America is really going to lean into in this, in 2023, Mercy, is is the fact that we have got to have school choice. Yes. We have got to empower par parents to decide where their kids go to school and make wise choices for their children. The school does not love your kids as much as you do. And we know that. So whether it is, you know, a Jewish day school, whether it's a Christian school, whether it's another public school, we have got to make that change. I know the Virginia um, uh, legislature is looking into that. There are several states that are leaning into that. But now is the time to empower parents to have control of their children's education. The tax dollars should follow the kid not the other way around. The kids should be able to take it with them wherever they go. Right. I think that's so critical. And we talk about that educational freedom being a, uh, an important component of this. I also think that one of the big things to look out here in Virginia going in now in 2023 are these Senate races, state Senate mm -hmm. races, because one of the biggest challenges I think Glenn Youngkin has right now is he, is, he isn't really able to pass his agenda or get his agenda through mm -hmm. because you're talking about that you have a Democrat run, majority run uh, state Senate. And so for Glenn, these races are going to be critical going into this year uh, right. to be able to allow Glenn Youngkin 
to do the good work and, and focus on school choice, focus on pushing back in woke, wokeness and gender ideology and critical race theory in these schools, because otherwise he's going to have a hard time uh, getting his agenda through. Right. It's impossible. So we've got to make sure, we, you know, that we have the information out and parents have to make sure they know. And you can't just vote for someone based on the letter by their name, you know, D or R. You actually need to know what their positions are. And if you want to have control of your kid's education, then you can't keep doing and voting the same way that you've been voting. You've got to actually right. choose the leaders who will help the governor accomplish right. that. And I just want to say on the national merit component, some of these parents were out talking about this, that, you know, this is something that could have helped their child when they're applying for college or mm -hmm. applying for a college scholarship. And the mere fact is, is that it really, um, you know, it's so unfortunate that in the name of equity, they would uh, damage the child, the student. Mm -hmm. It's literally penalizing the child who's worked very hard because of the color of their skin. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, you're seeing a lot of Asian Americans that are, have really started voting for conservatives because they're sick of it. And they, right. and, and they get they get zero respect yeah. and they know it. And so, you know, I, I think about Thomas Jefferson, which is one of the top um, STEM schools in Virginia, maybe the only STEM school in Virginia. And they literally were disqualifying uh, students who were well equipped and were, you know, the highest scoring because they were Asian American. How is that right? Yeah, and I, I want to shift gears here. Shift gears here. Um, you know, we were at the March for Life on Friday. You were there as well. I have to tell you, just uh, just uh, being able to be, I felt like I was with my family. It was just mm -hmm. so beautiful uh, to watch. We had three of our girls uh, got to attend this year. Mm -hmm. uh, my my eldest was with her college, and then the two little ones uh, were with our uh, parish. And it was just so beautiful to watch, um, you know, as they themselves marched and uh, were part of this important, important movement, uh, which is that of the protection of the unborn. And I know, obviously, with what we saw happening in the Supreme Court, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, such a huge victory. But we know now that the real battle lies in the states uh, mm -hmm. where they themselves are, you know, pushing legislation that would allow a baby that survives an abortion to simply die. I mean, it's, you know, infanticide. Uh, That's right. Where do you think the movement goes to next? How can we prepare for the next battles? As, as we know, I think the, the theme of, of for the march was next steps. What do you think is going to be happening? How are we best prepared uh, to, to take these, these, these fights to the states? Well, you're right. It was a beautiful march, as it always is. But, you know, certainly even more celebratory as we recognize the thing that happened, the glorious moment this past June of the overturning of Roe, the thing that pro-life people, women, of course, Mercy, older than us, our founder, Beverly right. LaHaye, who's 93 now, you know, they were there for that, that early days when no yeah. one thought it could be done. And they, you know, women older than us came with their babies. And of course, I brought my my children when they were younger and introduced them to the pro-life cause. I was saying to a reporter, note how joyful we are. Yes. This is an opportunity for to celebrate life. It's sometimes for moms, their kids first introduction to the life issue. And we are we were resolute and we're, I'm so proud of our CWA 
leaders and, and members who came for 50 years and marched to the Supreme Court, then went to the Capitol and walked the halls of the Capitol and advocated with their um, congressmen and senators, and then went home to their state legislatures. And many of them ran for office and won. And right. we, we had that story all over the country of our leaders who got involved because of this issue. And it brought people to the polls to vote. And so it was this moment that was beautiful for us to be together and recognize. But also, as Christian women, we know that the 50th year in the Bible, in the Old Testament, is the year of Jubilee. Mm. And that is that symbolizes a time of a cultural and economic reset. And I think that is the perfect picture of where we are. I think Steve Scalise called the overturning of Roe phase one. And that's right. Phase two is to lean in even more, even harder to the alternatives that we can offer women, concern women for America. And others are working uh, with Na Congresswoman Nancy Mace and Senator Marco Rubio on what I call life.gov when we first were talking about the idea that they call it Standing with Moms Act. There's no reason in this day and age why a woman who is in a crisis pregnancy can't sit down at her computer and with one click know all the alternatives that are available to her. You know, we spend a trillion dollars in even our tax dollars and resources, but add to that, we have 2,800 pregnancy care centers, we have 3,000 adoption agencies, we have all sorts of alternatives, including housing and legal help and educational help and mentoring and everything you can possibly think of that many people don't even know about. So let's have that available and through HHS. The secretary of HHS would be responsible for creating and, and upkeeping it. Incidentally, Christine Nome has already created it through an executive order on the um, on her state level. And so it, it's, it can be done. It should be done. It's long overdue. The other piece of it is continue to lean into the legislative piece. Right. Continue to um, advocate it on a state-by-state -state basis, pushing the envelope, bringing people to our side. The thing that upsets the other side more than anything is now they're where we've been for 50 years. They have to go make their case on a state-by-state -state basis without the heavy hand of the judicial fiat of making the decision of the, the line being viability, which you know is 22, 24 weeks of yeah. very late pregnancy. Right. Uh, just a few days ago, we had the Marist poll that shows that um, at least almost 70% of Americans don't support abortion after the first trimester. Right. So they're not in line with America. And so we are going to be advocating on a state-by-state -state basis and then certainly on the federal level. And we have a lot of work to do, but we're all together and joined and happy to link arms with you, Mercy, and with ACU and CPAC in order to move this, continue to move this forward. Yeah, I think you make a great point. It's kind of the, the baby steps in the process as, we, as we're moving forward. And, you know, I had the great honor of interviewing some of these moms who, you know, they, they were going to go to the Planned Parenthood clinic. They were going to get an abortion because their boyfriend at the time or their partner basically said, you need to go get this abortion. She didn't they didn't want to do it. And across the street was this life pregnancy center. And instead, you know, at that moment, she prayed and she went into the life pregnancy center and they gave her all the support she needed to be able to have this baby and be successful. And now mm -hmm. she herself is an ambassador for these life pregnancy centers. So every time the Democrats are saying, oh, no. They, abortion is health care for women. You're saying, no, no, no. The real 
healing and the real health care comes from these live pregnancy centers that are saying, you have a chance to, to, to take on this role of being a mom and raising your beautiful child or putting up the child for adoption uh, because that life of the child matters and your life as a mom matters and we're here to support you. And there are so many of these resources out there that we need to do more to mm -hmm. talk about this um, and what's available. Um, so as we close out, you know, we're, you know, I think one of the things that we're looking at here is how do we as a movement continue to, you know, build out, make it more vocal as to what we need mm -hmm. to do to bring more people uh, to understanding the beauty of pro-life. I, I kind of said, you know, you go to this beautiful March for Life, it is peaceful, it is loving. I remember there was one woman who confronted, a protester confronted her, and she just kept saying, I love you, I love you, love, <laughs> and there was no fighting. But then you look at like an Antifa protest where it's dark, divisive, destructive. I mean, I just think the compare, you know, you look at those and it's such a huge contrast. Yes, it's a huge contrast for anyone with eyes to see, obviously. Um, and, you know, again, we're going to continue to lean into this. One of the things about the Alternatives uh, website is we can see where the holes are. Right. Like, what do we need? To, what's missing? What do we need to do more? I mean, I think the other side's really good at throwing out numbers. Right. But, you know, a check isn't necessarily and usually enough. People need more and they need more of us and they need more of the church. You know, as Christian women, we think that we're called to minister and to care for the least of these. And certainly a woman who's scared and doesn't think she has any hope, she's the least of these. She's the one that we want to help. And, you know, I, I think it's so interesting. The other side, you know, acts like there's this magic wand that abortion solves all their problems. When the reality is we know that's not true. Often it creates many new problems. And if you have an abortion, your boyfriend's going to marry you or stay with you and you're going to, you know, your dreams are going to come true. And it's often not true. Plus you have guilt and, and hurt that, that go along with it. And you've lost a child. Right. And so now we have the opportunity to encourage women to bring them to our side uh, at Concerned Women for America, and I know also um, with CPAC, uh, part of our job is equipping people to talk about the issue and right. to encourage their friends in their Sunday school class or whatever it is to be involved. And so, you know, certainly coming for resources to CWA to be equipped to have that conversation or for ACU, that's what we want to do for women. That's how you bring people to your side by bold, boldly advocating, but also prayer, praying and that's how we've gotten so far. <laughs> it was, that is true. It was through prayer and through advocacy. And truly, God, um, you know, certainly um, looked down and, and cared for our movement and protected our movement. We, You know, there's never been, I think, any incidents that I'm aware of in all those 50 years. And, you know, I think has really shined his grace on a group of people whose hearts are pure and have tried very hard. And we're never giving up. That's the bottom line. That's this is God. a baby. And we love the mother and we love the baby. And we think that we can love both. Absolutely. God answers prayers and God protect all of the unborn and uh, gives strength to those moms as well. Thank you, Penny Nance. Thank you. Uh, we pray to God you're going to join us at CPAC uh, March mm -hmm. 1st through the 4th. Uh, so uh, uh, we, you are all such a great partner. partner. Thank you over at Concerned Women for America. We'll be so there. God bless you and thank you for joining thank me. Thank you. God bless. God bless.
And thank you all for watching. Remember, we have expanded to the podcast world and you can listen to America Uncanceled with Matt and Mercedes Schlepp wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to get your CPAC tickets. You go to cpac.org slash DC. We have got an incredible list of speakers and it's gonna be, again, a worldwide phenomenon. Come join us March 1st through the 4th here in Washington, DC. God bless and thank you all.